Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ. I'm your host, Will Hunsaker, and today we ask you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. And if you've read ahead, which I always encourage you to do, you can see we're fast approaching the midpoint of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and it will also conclude our season four. Still a couple podcasts away, including this one. Season five will pick up with the second half of Ephesians. But we see in these verses, Paul's going to express the supreme power of God's love. And remember, love in this sense is always expressed, or not always, but typically expressed in the New Testament with the Greek word agape, which is a sacrificial type of love. We've covered that before, but it's always good to reference. And it is the love that is only generated by God because it is exclusively fixated on giving rather than receiving, to put it in our terms. So that's the type of love we deal with when we got when we read that God is love. That's the type of love we're speaking of, not the romantic, uh, relational type of love that we experience. Good to keep that in context. You know, I, I when I read scripture, I realize more and more uh, how utterly impossible it is for any of us to please God through our sheer determination or will. It it, it never works out. We, we just can't do it. At some point, we always succumb to our sinful condition, whether it just be in thought or in deed. We, we just are an absolute mess. We always succumb to that sinful condition. We only have hope to rest in Christ and resist our natural state if God changes our minds and hearts to do so. We will literally do precisely what we love to do until our minds and hearts are changed to love God more than whatever that is, more than our emotions and desires. We will just continue to fail. So Paul motivates us here in these verses. He he motivates us with the power of God's love to transform. Very significant principle of Christianity. Remember, I told you at the beginning of this uh, podcast that the first half of Ephesians is really focused on Christian principles. The second half will focus a lot more on living lives as Christians, but uh, the first half is really focused on a lot of Christian principle, and this is one of them. So let's let's look at the, the text today. We'll begin in verse 14 from the Apostle Paul. So for this reason, Paul says, I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner self, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 19. So when when Paul opens this little thought here, this pericope, when he opens this thought, he, he says for a second time in this chapter, for this reason. So what he's doing is he's continuing a prayer he began in verse one. He had a little break there and he's going back to it now. And this prayer expresses the delight and reverence of God's grace in bringing together all 
his people, Jew and Gentile, through his son's blood. And that he chose Paul. Paul considered himself the least likely person that God would consider or even think of to herald his message. He was a persecutor of Christians. He was a a sinner of sinners. So just like the Old Testament prophets who encountered the power of God or were in awe of God's work, Paul's knees buckled before the vastness of God's grace expressed through his love. So essentially, the weight of God's grace utterly humbled Paul. He said, for this reason, I bend my knees before the Father. Verse 14, would we all be so humbled every moment of every day? Paul here accounts for the family relationship that directly associated with his love. The Greek word he used here for family is more literally translated as the fathered. This is a critical language for Paul. Why is that? Because he is uh, addressing the newly added Gentiles to the family of God, who would deeply appreciate having God as their father. Just as the Gentiles of old, we too, sinners, one and all, are members of this divine family, just like they were. How humbling this should be to all of us and how confident we should be in this truth of God's grace alone that changes the heart and the mind, which had to happen as we were dead in our sin. You see in the following two verses that the triune God showers the believer with the transforming power of his love through the riches of the Father, the power of the Spirit, and the indwelling of Christ through faith. You're seeing that trinity, although that word is never used in scripture, you're seeing it illustrated here all throughout. It's a triune nature, that three in oneness of God. Paul writes that he would grant you, he being the father, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner self, so that Christ, the son, may dwell in your hearts through faith. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. But we are still left with a question. How does the believer receive this power that changes your hearts and minds? Well, Paul says, through supreme love of God. And that you, Paul writes, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God, 17 through 19. So you see here that Paul expressed that the foundation of this love is the three in oneness, the triune nature of God. We do not receive this love through merit or any power we presently have. There's no indication of that there. We receive it by the grace of God. You see that mentioned in three ways. You see it through the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Now, this seems like a simple truth of the gospel, but it is a critical Christian principle that we must always maintain. We do not receive this transforming power, this supreme love of God on our own. He provides that for us 
Although we are hopelessly engulfed in sin and helpless, all Christians are assured that they are loved by God just as much as every saint that has come before them. Saints are all believers. Now, Paul points out here that the enormity of this transformational love is so vast that we cannot measure its width, its length, its height, and its depth. In other words, it's endless. It has no bounds to it. God has no limits to the love, the sacrificial love he will use on his people. Nothing can hinder the love of God from changing the heart and mind of the most committed sinner. Look at Paul. To know this truth is the greatest knowledge the believer can possess. The love of God is limitless. And Paul writes that. He says, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Verse 19. Brothers and sisters, for us to overcome our state of sinfulness, state of doubt, emotional bankruptcy, and any other state of deprivation you would like to name, for us to overcome any of that, the supreme power of God's love through Jesus Christ must change our hearts and minds. Just look at John chapter 3 with Christ's discussion or interaction with Nicodemus. He makes that very clear. Paul's great joy and hope was that the grace of God would shower the Ephesians and all believers with his love, seen in the blood of his Son, so that we all might be filled with God's transforming power to see his kingdom. Thank you for listening. Now, next up on Open Your Bibles... We will turn to the final podcast of Ephesians and this season, or of Ephesians 3 and this season 4, and this will be with verses 20 and 21. Now, in these final two verses of chapter 3, we will again close out this season, season 4, with a significant and timely praise of God from the Apostle Paul. This is what we call doxology. And it's very, very critical to Paul's final thoughts here in this first half of Ephesians. Grace and peace to you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean anything different today than it did back then.